looked at the chapter 1, last week chapter 2, and also chapter 3, we talked about the chapter 1, the return of the exile to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And that we can liken to ourselves, how God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light. And once we come into the kingdom, we must reorient ourselves. Amen. And when you look at that uh, book of Ezra, we look at the return of the exile to Jerusalem. As uh, that has to do with us when we're in the world and how God brought us back into Jerusalem, which is the kingdom of God. And God started preparing us for great and a wonderful manifestation. And the same thing happened to these people. And the book of Ezra and Nehemiah are almost similar because as we begin to read this, this story, you begin to see that most of the things that we have learned in Nehemiah is also in Ezra and is also in Agai. Amen? From that chapter 1, we looked at the edict of the proclamation of the king, of an unbelieving king, whom God used to be able to support and pronounce the rebuilding of of the temple to the to the exile that came back in that same chapter chapter one to three we looked at the provision of those returning how that god used the king to make provision for them how the king also encouraged the people and they also were able to make provision as they built the temple of god and how does that relate to us god has called us and deliver us from this world so that we can come into the kingdom and begin to do the work of the kingdom. How do we rebuild the kingdom? We also want to go into the world and bring more people that are exiled there into the household of faith. And the Lord will help us as we do this in Jesus' name. What am I talking about? I'm talking about evangelism. And that takes us to the chapter 3, which talks about the rebuilding of the temple for worship. During this time of Ezra, as I've said, God spoke to the heart of the king, and it was through this king, and that you can see in the book of Isaiah 44, 28. I read, who says of Cyrus, we need to know the word of God, for people that were not here last week. Where we know the word of God, we'll be able to do business with God. We'll be able to support the work of ministry, we'll be able to support the word of God. With the word of God at hand, things will work well for us. But if we do not know the word of God, there is tendency for us to, to slack as we do the things of the kingdom. So the word of God in the book of Ezra, Isaiah 44 verse 28, it says, Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt, and of the temple, let its foundation be laid. This is one of the words that God has already spoken through Isaiah. And we thank God that in the time of Ezra, it came to pass. And this King, Ezra, uh, King Cyrus was the one that was ruling at that time. And we also know the word of God prophesied by Jeremiah from Jeremiah 29 verse 10 and 11. We talked about after 70 years, God himself will bring his people back from captivity, which came to pass also. It is the word of God that's, that is actually moving all these things that are happening. There are words of God that have been pronounced in our lives. We must make sure that we read them and see that they happen even in our own time. 
After these 70 years in exile, the captives were allowed to return to their homeland to rebuild the temple of the Lord and through the encouragement of the prophet. That's why I said we are going to read Agai, the prophet Agai and Zechariah. They were able to complete the temple and some other priests, which we see in the book of, uh, in chapter 3. Let's just look a little bit about what chapter 2 is all about, so that those of us that are, and when you look at towards the end of that chapter, we'll be able to see the support of the king and the support of the people in the way they give. Chapter 2 details the the list of the exiles who returned to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and their assigned duties. As people that God has delivered from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light. We are not to see, come to church and sit down and, watch the pew, and sit on the pews. And it's like, no. And I find ourselves only sitting down work. But God has delivered us so that we can be a blessing. Even to his work. And not to be a nuisance, if you allow me to use that word. So the, the, the reason why, it says, Since the Lord had delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light, we must dedicate ourselves to do the work. So as believers, we are not only coming to church to sit and be here as alone, but we must dedicate ourselves. And hence you see the work of dedication, various groups of, of returnee uh, exiles and their assignments. If you look at that chapter 2, 36 to 39, the priests were descendants of Aaron from the type of Levi. They were ordained to be responsible for the temple sacrifice, which is one of the word of God from the book of Exodus 28:29. Chapter 2, verse 40, talks about the Levites who, always, who are always assisting in assisting capacities. Like we see assistant pastors, deacons, deaconesses, and all people, elders, that you are not just ordained to only elder your seat, or deacon your seat, or deaconess your seat. You are ordained as assistant pastors, not only, maybe on Sunday to show up, I was able to tell us last Sunday, it's not only for Pupit's sake that you ordain you pastors, Sell it for the newly ordained pastors. You are ordained so that you can be able to do the work of ministry. Amen. And you are not ordained to sit down there or now I've been a pastor, I've been a deacon or a deaconess, I've been buzzing people around. That's not the reason for the ordination. The Levites are descendants from the tribe of Levi, but not from the family of Aaron. Their duty is to assist the priests. And you can see that in the book of Numbers you want to write that again, chapter 2, verse 40. The book of Numbers, chapter 3, 5 to 13. When you look at that, Ezra, chapter 2, 41 to 42, the singers and the gatekeepers had been chosen by King David from the Levites' family and had been assigned special tasks. I was saying to Lord, 1 Corinthians 25, verse 26, you'll be able to see this about the singers and the gatekeepers. You are not just ushering and you are not just singing. You have uh, an assignment. You know, there is something that God taught me from the book of Psalm 19. If all these heavenlies can, be, can function in their assignments, it talks about the all heaven declares. We will sing it in a song, the glory of the living God. If all heaven can declare the glory of God, the sun to, rule by, to govern by day, Psalm 136, and the moon by night, if they can come and represent God in their own assignment, we also must be able to fulfill our tasks. The singer and gatekeepers have been chosen by God. As God delivered us, he has brought us into the temple so that we can have an assignment. Like we have people singing and people keeping uh, gatekeepers. Chapter 2, 43 to 55 talks about the net names or the servants 
or, or the temple servants, they call them. And I was able to tell us that we should consider these people, they are devoted to what they do. They serve God with utmost devotion. So let's learn from them. There are some people that assign themselves and say, look, I just want to do the minor job in the church. I remember a couple in this church when they were to be ordained, they said they don't want any ordination. They only want to be cleaning. That's what they want. They want to be a member and just to be cleaning the church. So they clean every part of the church. And with due respect to anyone that comes, we put them, we assign them to them so that they can all join together to do the cleaning. So there are various groups. Knowing the relevance or appropriate class we belong in the body of Christ is very essential. I actually write that as a note. This is one of the problems that, uh, that have affected the body of Christ. Trying to be what you are not or being position conscious. You must be able, as we see, as we are reading about this book of uh, uh, Ezra and we have read about Nehemiah, let's begin to see all the way things were done and begin to do it that way. God is an orderly God and he has assigned duties to everyone according to each family or members and groups in different categories. We must not allow our pride to take us over. We must know the class we belong to occupy our God's given position in order for us to function accordingly as he has ordained. May God help us in this area. When we know our class or classes, we'll be able to know how to function. If you're in primary one, don't take yourself to, to university. You go to university, it might be too much for you. Amen? So when we learn according to our classes in the church, in the household of faith, and you know, this person can really, ah, he can coordinate. You have not gotten to that area of coordination. You are still learning. So let's be in our classes. And once you identify your class, you begin to uh, come up and come up from one level to the other before God brings you to perfection. And uh, you'll be blessed and become a blessing to many others. That takes us to chapter 3. Rebuilding the temple of God. In rebuilding the temple of God, you know, the, the exiles have come and they have come, everybody have taken their position. Even there are some of the people that they cannot take their position because they, are, they, 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 they don't know where they belong. Towards the end of that chapter 2, because of time, I'm not able to go into that to really look at it, but go back home and begin to read the same thing like uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 7. There are some people that they, are, they couldn't find their names. And that shows to, and that's a, uh, an example to some of us in the household of faith. We are coming to church. We are running up and down. God has delivered us. God wants us to, to do great and mighty things in God, in Him. But guess what happened to us? We shy away from many things that we, we, we are supposed to do in church. We thought we are, ah, we, are, we are serving man. We are not serving man. We are serving God. And when Jesus will come, like I said to us women on Sunday, He's going to give it to everyone according to what you have done. May you not find us wanting in Jesus' name. So, some people did not find their name when they came back. They can't even recognize their family. So, let's make sure that in anything that we do, we carry our families along. Because the only reason why one of our family might be missing is because parents or members of the family did not carry their family along in what they're doing. When you don't carry your children along in what you are doing, there's tendency for them to go out of, 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 the, of the kingdom. And when they go out of the kingdom, when Jesus comes, they will not go. Amen? Their name will not be found in the book of life. And if paraventure, we follow friends too. And our names may not be written in the book of life. May God guide us and be able to help us so that as we study the word of God, the word of God will be meaningful to us. 
chapter 3 talks about rebuilding the temple. Let's mark that seventh month because I rushed it over during last week. The seventh month was significant in the lives of the Jews, which is around the month of September or so, according to our own calendar. They started rebuilding the temple in order to worship and honor God together in a central place. Because there might be a question, why did they come back when they came from exile? Why were they building the temple? Why were they, why did they want to be? So that they'd be able to have like a central worship, a place of worship. You know, when they, were, when they were delivered from slavery, the only the first thing that they did when they crossed the Red Sea, they started building tents. They were asked to build tents. And then when they built tents, and I said to us that tents are temporary places, Amen. But before we come fully into God, or into, we, st- we build tanks outside. We stand that we are building. But when God provides us with a place of worship, then we are together. Amen. And I told you the significance of Jerusalem in our lecture when we were uh, studying the book of Nehemiah. Started that chapter 7 and chapter 8. They started rebuilding the temple in order to worship. Because that might be question Apostle Estelle, I should be telling you now. Amen. Because you are going to be giving questions and we are going to exchange with one another. Why, why, did they, why did they start rebuilding the temple? Number one, because of God's instructing them to do so. Amen. Number two, so that they can worship and honor God together in a central place, in a place together. Why do we come to, to the cathedral? So that why are we not outside there trying to get to, from one kiosk? Or tent, we might call it tent, or maybe gather every Sunday at the arsenal there and be worshipping. So that we can all come together, we can sit together, we can do things together. Or choir can have a seat. Uh, different people in their different classes. Amen. And we can work together. Things will be knitted well together. Amen. Worshipping and honoring God together in a central place makes sense. That we scattered all, all, all around. That's why some of us have to be in, uh, in New Cross and some of us have to be here. And for distance sake, we can come from various places to wherever is closer to us. They started the building from the altar. Amen. Who can tell me what I said to us about the altar last week? Yes. Building from once our heart is captivated, the whole body will respond to it. Amen? So, when you read that chapter 3, for some people that were not here with us, let me, let me, let me just quickly go to that chapter 3. When the seventh month came, which is the, um, likely, to, likely to the month of September, and the Israelites had settled in their, in their town, the people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Yeshua, son of Josadak, and his fellow priests, priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel and his associates began to build the altar of God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offering on it. They began, they started from the altar in order for them to sacrifice offering on it. Amen? Confirming the book of Romans chapter 1, 1 to 3. Amen? In accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God, as they build, they have fears. Amen. But it says here in that verse 3, he said, despite their, fear, the, the, despite their fear of the peoples around them, 
Because as we, as we, as we honor, and, uh, honor God with our body, honor God with our heart, there are fears that come into our spirit, soul, and body because of enemies that war against our spirit, soul, and body. They built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offering on it to the Lord, both the morning and when? Evening sacrifice. So our heart is not only there just for, for us to carry our heart everywhere, but we must dedicate our life through our heart as we have received God in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is God, Lord, amen. We must make sure that our heart also is lifted to him day and what? And night. Also bearing in mind enemies, but we have overcome them in Jesus' name. He says, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed one offering on it to the Lord. Both the morning and evening sacrifices. So can I encourage us? Your heart must be focused. I know we have a lot of things that buy and sell in our heart. Amen. But we must give room. We must give room for Jesus to be enthroned. When Jesus is enthroned, then our Bible study in the morning will go on well. Our worshipping in the morning will go on well. We won't even just rush out of the house and go to work. Even if we have to rush out our heart. We always be there. I said to us on Sunday, the book of Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you are a lover of God, your heart will always be focused on God, both day and night. Then in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the feast of the tabernacles, that is the feast of the tent, with the required number of burnt offerings, you know, when they were delivered from the, uh, from, uh, from the Red Sea. This is what... Uh, the Lord said to them, they must build tents where they can serve God. But God has helped us so that we are not only worshipping in tents, but God brought us to Jerusalem. Offering prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular bond offering, the new moon sacrifices. When you read the book of Leviticus chapter 1 to 7, you'll be able to have understanding of these very offerings and sacrifices that they were asked to, to, to do. For all the appoints appointed sacred feast of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. Like we give offering every Sunday that we come, we, we give thanksgiving offering, we give uh, offering to say thank you to God, we are celebrating our birthdays. And these are the way I can relate it to our day-to-day activities. Special thanksgiving offering, God has done something for you and then you want to give to God. The same way they were celebrating, but they were not together in Jerusalem. They were intense when they celebrated suffering. And when anything happened, they pack up the tent and begin to walk again and build another tent somewhere. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. Though the foundation of the lost temple had not yet been laid. Amen. Their hearts. It's one of, from this chapter 3, 1 to 6, I want to see, I want us to see the importance of our heart as we do the work of ministry. God looks at the heart. Amen? He's not looking at our face, he's looking at our heart. He's looking at how we are sacrificially giving to him, how we're sacrificially worshipping him, how we're sacrificially doing things for him. How we are not just doing because we want people to see us, I service, no. He's looking at us from our heart. May God help us in our hearts so that everything that we have in our heart will be truthful before the Lord in Jesus' name. 
And he takes us to that verse 7, talks about rebuilding the temple. Once the heart is rebuilt, then to rebuild the temple is no problem. The temple just uh, gets together. Last week I was unable to tell you this. Uh, uh, they started the building of the altar first. Why? Why did they start building uh, the building of the altar first? To sacrifice burnt offering because you have just read it there. On it in accordance with what was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. This also symbolized God's presence and protection. And their commitment to serve God. And daily asking him to forgive them their sins. Once the heart of man is seared for the Lord. This is my, this is my own comment here. Once the heart of man is seared for the Lord, it is easier to offer genuine sacrifice to him. So your heart must be dealt with in anything that you do. The, this building of the altar was led by Joshua, son of Josadak. You can see that from the beginning. His fellow priest and Zerubbabel, son of Shittiel, and his associates. May God remember us for our good work. You can see we, we were not there when the, the temple was built or when the altar was laid. But God made uh, that uh, in, in writing about the sacrificial giving to the Lord, their names were mentioned. May our names be mentioned in the things when the things of God is being pronounced in Jesus' name. A family name, and you can see that in that uh, chapter two, even before they start mentioning the priest, the gatekeeper, the singers, and all these other people, they mention the families. So don't just, it's not by chance that you are in Christ's faith tabernacle because I really want to stand more on this. It's not by chance that we are here. Your family name will be mentioned when some of us will pass on. You had a person when he was trying to lecture us yesterday saying that when he died, we should bury him here. Maybe if this land is extended and we get a landed property and if Jesus tarries or if Jesus is not coming, we are still living, 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 living. And we grow old because nobody's going to. We don't pray for any, any young death. Amen? We want all to grow old. We have a big land. This church is going to have like a symmetry. We will be able to put our people, bury them, plant them there. When you go through our saints' church, in those days, I used to be afraid. Because see, but again, I think you see church. This is how church is supposed to be. So that the family, the, 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 those, the people that laid down the foundation of the church, their body will not be scattered everywhere. Amen? Our children's children will come, they will see and say, yeah, these people once lived here. Don't you see their children's children? They always go and put flowers there. They didn't bury them anywhere so that they, they would not assume them. The other day they went to bury somebody and they, in order for us to bury another body, we saw a, a skull and all the rest of that. They said maybe I've gone over 50 years. And the skull was still there. So it's terrible. Although it's nothing, do you understand what I'm saying? It's our spirit at the end of the day. But at the same time, if that is what we do on earth, our body will come to this earth and flesh, uh, soil for soil or something for something. Amen? So may our name be written. You go to some of these churches, like somewhere in uh, London Bridge there, there is a big church there, or maybe it's not a church, I don't even know, because I was the time in those days that we used to go and do like the tour and everything. You will see the names of people that have really, that their fingerprints is in the work of uh, that church there. 
So may our names be mentioned when it comes to this Christ Street Tabernacle. You are not by chance here. So in doing the work of ministry, working so hard, in wanting to be part of this, this, uh, this place, let us not just feel that, eh, if somebody offend me, I have to leave. You cannot leave. You know, sometimes the understanding of the word of God is not really made known to us. That's why after ordaining someone as a pastor, what else do you want? Especially those of you that have a sign of ordination on you, and they've ordained you dickiness. Where are you going? You are not supposed to. The reason why you put your head down for them to ordain you is because you have made up as for me and my house. We will serve God in this house. That's why you put your head down for them to ordain you. Even if you are here, if you have been here for 10 years, let me put 5 years, you cannot go anywhere. You cannot cross over. You cannot just be jumping up. No, 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 no. It's not allowed. Amen. We can see part of the people that came back on exile. And the part of the people that have started doing the work, their names were mentioned here. May it not only be mentioned on earth, but in heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. The purpose uh, for building the altar, they build this altar to sacrifice one offering to their God, both morning and evening. I've already read it to you. Despite their fears of people around. Chapter 3, verse 3. Chapter 3, 7 to 8. We see the commitment of the people and how they gave money. And other resources, because I just want to do, uh, can, uh, go on my footnote so I can go to chapter 4. We see the commitment of the people and how they gave money and other resources. That's chapter 3, 7 to 8. You can be marking it in your book and write against them. They gave food and olive oil, and they all joined together in supervising the work. God is called on every one of us to do the work of ministry. You can see it in the time of Nehemiah. They joined together to do the, 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 the work of supervision. Amen? Sometimes some are working, some are taking break, and some are... That's the, way, that's the way we're supposed to work or do the work of ministry. Chapter 3, verse 10, when the foundation of the temple was laid by the builders, the priests in their uniform with, the trumpeters, uh, with their trumpets, the Levites, <coughs> like what happened to us when we did the 25th uh, anniversary here, it was glorious. After the meeting, we all salute Jesus and salute God for the way that he did everything perfectly. Amen? Those things cannot be done. What we did here cannot be done without the assistance and the help of God. So when you read the Bible and you see the Bible manifested in your own time, we give glory to God. When the foundation of the temple was laid in Ezra time, by the builders, the priest in their uniform with the trumpets. You see what happened? All the choir, we all have uniform. The others, they have uniform. The other Jews in the crowd had uniform. The ministers had uniform. But in the case of this, you put the priest in their uniform with the trumpets. The Levite, that is the son of Asaph, has told you. When they mentioned singers in the Bible, they said the son of Asaph. Amen? Because Asaph... Uh, this Levite, uh, 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 Asaph, was one of the main people that actually blow, uh, 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 use the symbols. He said, with the symbols, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. David was an example in this, and Asaph was one of the Levites that was of great example as well. So, Asaph did not only sing, but put his children there to, to, to be singers. They played skillfully. I did mention to Ross last week that some of us who are just sending our children to, to music school, they are not practicing in church. It's nothing. If Jesus will come, that is the limit that they will have. 
They should sing in church. They should play in church. They should, everything should be done skillfully in church as well. Amen. And when you begin to do this, you see our children excel. That's why they will do music to grade 8. They don't even know their left from their right. It's when you start to come and use those things to play in the church and you're playing with the music and the, everything will be in place. But there is no problem. No need of going, you don't need to go to school where you don't manifest it. Apostle was talking about uh, uh, this girl in Dublin. I was really touched by that girl in Dublin. Because when we got there, she doesn't know how to do anything. But when I saw the microphone like this, and was, I, I said, my, Lord, help me. Because, uh, see, I, 991, if I had really put strength into it, I would have played like a butterfly now, more than a butterfly. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's challenge ourselves and go back to basis. So when they mentioned this, this was part of the people uh, 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 that actually built in chapter 3. When the foundation of them was laid by the builders, the priests in their uniform. With the trumpets, the Levites, sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by King uh, David, King of Israel. What one of the things that I, I I just want to point to us here is orderliness in the household of faith. It was very very difficult when we have to put order in place in this church. I know it. When the Lord was telling me that it's time to advance, it's time not to joke. People come to church and then the service is going on, moving up and down like a yo-yo. No, 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 no. It's time to know how to put barrier. When the meeting starts 10, even if I'm late, some people will look at me and they want to say, do open. Because I don't have two heads. I have one head like you. We must all be orderly in the household of faith. Don't look at me. Yes, ma'am. No, 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 no. Pull no rope. And then you see some people jump the rope as well. You don't know the reason for that rope. Angels are stand by. You see ordinary people, you don't know that God has assigned his angel as well to be there. And people jump the rope sometimes. People do what they like. You can see orderliness here. And I thank God that in, we have been practicing this in the church. They sang to the Lord, praising and thanking him, saying, He's good. His love endures forever. He's good. You know, in their praise, you can see the effect of their praise. And this is the work of uh, the Levites as well. This moved all the people to give a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Can I say something to us? Our praise and worship has a lot to do. And this, I will address the lead singers or the singers in the household of faith. When we move the people well by the grace of God upon our lives, when we sing... I'm not saying that we are not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we are not singing from our heart, but when the grace of God to sing comes upon us, you know what I'm talking about, amen? You will move the people, and then it's not only you telling them, shout for joy, no, no, no. They will begin to shout. They will begin to praise. There is an heavenly provocation that comes upon the people. As, the, as heaven is moving you, he's also moving the people. Even when you don't tell them to shout, they will shout. Do you understand what I'm saying at all? And that is what happened to these people here. He said this moved all the people. When everyone is orderly, when everyone begins to praise and they start to praise with sense. And they start to praise with grace, the grace of God upon their lives. He said, this moved other people to give a great shout of praise to the Lord. Your praise and worship, when you move the people, they will be shouting. You don't need to be uh, cajoling them. 
because the foundation of the house was laid. And it can be because the Holy Ghost is taking over. Hallelujah. This motivated or provoked many of the older priests. When you read down to in that chapter 3. People that have seen the, the ruin of the, of, of the temple. People that have seen the ruin, that have seen the way the, 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 the temple of the Lord has been left. You know, sometimes when, when the presence of God comes, it's, it's always in our midst. But when we manifest it. People, it will touch people that have been members of the church. You know, look at the time that uh, God was using a lot of us to go to some of these churches that have been. And when the, 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 the man of God will come and preach, it motivates the people. They will look as if, ah, is this not the church that we are in? Or a singer, somebody that is really a singer, now comes in and begins to sing. It will motivate people. People that have had God, actually, look at the area of him sometimes. When we sing him, and any old person that knows how to sing hymns, or that has been singing, comes into the church. When he hears that hymn again, being sung, there is something that will motivate such, such a person. So this motivated or provoked many of the older priests, Levites, and family heads, as they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, uh, 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 and made them to shout for joy, while some weep, uh, wept. Let this motivation... Come upon our people in Jesus' name. This is a credible thing to do after all their commitments in various ways to see this temple rebuilt. That's my own comment. And that takes us to chapter 4, which is the chapter that we are looking into today. As they built the temple, there was opposition. Let me just confirm that so that I can see that it's not only the note that I'm reading from as we end that chapter 3, so that I can be able to understand what I'm talking about. The rebuilding of the temple, chapter 3. Then they gave money to the uh, uh, mason and carpenters and gave food and drink, I've told you about that, and oil to the people of the Sidium and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. Can I say to us that when our leaders, our heads are leading us, especially in the contributing or giving towards the work of means the work of God, let us not grumble. Amen? Because I read it to us in my notes, they are the commitment of the people. When the man of God stands and telling us, we need chairs, we need this, we need that, let our commitment, let, let, let there not be any grudge. You can see these people, they committed themselves to join, the man, to, to join what was happening at that time because all these were authorized by Cyrus the king. In the same way God has placed leaders over us, the apostles, the pastors, we have the presbytery, and all the rest of that. Let us join together to do this great work of ministry, and it, is, it will be well with us. Verse 8 of that chapter 3, in the second month of the second year, after the arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shittir, Jeshua, son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem began the work, appointing Levites 20 years of age. This, I didn't, it's not in my note, but uh, it's good I'm reading this to you. There is no age limit. Actually, when you get to that age of 20, amen? When you read the book of Numbers, when they were doing the census, doing the account of people that would go to war, it's 20 years of age. So, you, you, you can see clarity in here. Levites 20 years of age and older 
to supervise the building of the house of the Levite. He's talking to some of the teenagers and people that have come to that age of 20. Joshua and his sons and brothers and uh, Kadmiel and his sons, descendants of Odavia and the sons of Henadad and their sons and brother, brothers, all Levites. You can see that as for me and my house. That is what is said to us here. I did mention it to us. We must not be left behind. Amen? Amen. They said, join together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments, that is in their uniforms, with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by King David uh, of Israel. Orderliness, that's what you can see there. They took their places, like when we start the meetings or when we are doing anything. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He's good. He's, uh, he's loved to Israel and Jesus forever. And all the people gave, uh, gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and the Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy, no one could distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. And that takes up the chapter which is our chapter today. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exile were building a temple for the Lord. I want us to actually look properly at what I'm reading now. For the Lord, the God of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the family and said, Let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and have been uh, and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Eskahadan, king of Assyria, who brought us here. These people directly, they were doing directly and indirectly. What they're saying is true and untrue. When we start to do the work of ministry, there are some people that one, one of their leg is in and one of their leg is out. They want to show us that they are part of us, but they are enemies of Israel. Amen. If we are not very careful, we will just release ourselves into them. By the time you know it, these are the people that make you to backslide as you do the work of ministry. So we must be very, very careful. They are the enemy of Israel. He said, let us help. Uh, let us help you build because, like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of this king of Assyrians. Assyrians, Assyria, Assyrians are enemies of the Jews. Amen. And they will come. They have the, you, you have them as business partners sometimes. They will tell you, yeah, we serve the same God. But they have another serious God that they are serving uh, somewhere. They, their own God is small letter G. By the time you know it, you join them. And when you join them, they now make you to backslide. Because the king of Assyria has shown there that they are not genuine. Who brought us here? But Zerubbabel, Joshua, the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, 
You have no part with us in building a temple for our God. The same thing that Nehemiah said to the enemy. Nehemiah chapter 6 and Nehemiah chapter 2. Shambhalat and the Tobias says, When people see you manifesting and doing great work in ministry or doing the great work of God, they come to distract you. Let us be very careful. If I, I will pray that we should pray for spirit to discern. Sometimes you cannot discern properly. They, 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 they push you down. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, these are people that are in high spirit with the Lord. And the rest of the heads of the family of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Did you see the, uh, the, the now, the, the now mention, as God has sent, as for me, as God has sent me, I will do the work of my God. Amen. They were able to make reference to King Cyrus. Because that is the man that God used. Sometimes they want to distract us. Is it what the, the, the man of God is saying? Yeah, no, 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 no. This is what God has told Apostle Williams. If I have to relate it to our church. Do you understand? Sometimes they bring confusion to make sure that they make you to backslide. They bring confusion to make sure they take you from God. But we must be able to make good reference to them. I love these people. If you look at that uh, Ezra chapter 1, they make reference to that Ezra chapter 1. According to what Cyrus, because it was Cyrus, even though an unbelieving uh, king, uh, uh, that God has used to be able to strengthen them. Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counselors to work against them. It's self-explanatory. They hired counselors. Did that not happen during the time of Nehemiah? And they frustrated their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Dairos, king of, uh, of Persia. Can I, can I encourage us tonight? Sometimes when we do the work of ministry, there are discouragers. There are people that want to really shift our focus from God. They can come in various ways, but may the Lord help us that I can be able to know them. You make sure, like Nehemiah, you cannot come down. You are doing a great work there. You cannot come down. And you can see it here. They said, no, we cannot come down. This is what God has instructed this, uh, this king. And they try every effort to make sure that they could discourage them. But they were not frustrated. They continued to do the plan of uh, what God's plan was for their life. Later, opposition under Saxis and uh, Ataxasis. At the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, they launched an accusation against the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Accusation may come as we do the work of ministry. They accuse you for various reasons. If Jesus went through accusation, guess what? Uh, false, uh, uh, went through false accusation, guess what? It, it, we, all, we, can, we also get through it. But Jesus overcame and overcome, then we are also, we are also overcomers. Amen. And in the days of Saxis, king of Persia, Bisham, Mitredat, oh, Tabel, and the rest of his associates, wrote a letter to Atresis. The letter was written in Aram- Aramaic script and in the Aramaic language. Rehum, the commander officer, and Shimshai, 
the secretary wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, as follows. Opposition will always come. Accusation will always come. But woe to him or her that gives way to such in Jesus' name. Rehum, the commander officer, and Shitmer, the secretary, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to uh, the king as follows. Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shitmer, the secretary, together with the rest of the associates, the judges, and the officials over men from Tripolis, Parshia, Eric, Eric, and Babylon, the Elamites of Susa, and the other people whom the great and honorable Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the city of Samaria and elsewhere in trans-Euphrates. Euphrates. This is a copy of the letter they sent him to King Artaxerxes from your servant, the men of trans-Euphrates. The king should know, listen to this accusation. So in doing the work of ministry, you must be prepared. There will always be accusation. There will always be trials. There will always be temptation. There are things that want to make you to shift focus. But you want to respond to them that you are up there. You cannot come down. Amen. The king should know that the Jews who came up, false accusation now, to us from you, have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding the rebellious and wicked city. They are restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, the king should know that if this city is built and its walls are restored, no more taxes, tribute, or duty will be paid, and the royal revenue will suffer. Now, since we are under obligation to the palace, and it is not pro- proper for us to see the king dishonored, we are sending this message to inform the king, so that a search may be made in the archives of your uh, predecessors. In these records, you will find that this city is a rebellious city, troublesome to kings and provinces. A place of rebellion from ancient times. That is why this city was destroyed. We informed the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are restored, you will be left with nothing in trans-Euphrates. You can see this is exactly what happened in the time of Nehemiah. In doing the work of ministry, if you have it behind your mind that there will always be accusation. Look at what happened to us as we acquire this place. But God will always make you overcome us. Verse 17, the king sent his reply to Rehum, the commander officer, Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of their associates, living in Samaria and elsewhere in this trans-Euphrates. Greetings. The letter you sent us has been read and translated in my presence. I issued an order and a search was made. And it was found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sed- uh, uh, sedition. Jerusalem had uh, 
powerful kings ruling over the whole of trans Euphrates, and taxes, tributes, and duties were paid to them. Now issue an order to these men to stop work, so that this city will not be rebuilt until I so order. The enemy is to delay God's work. Amen? We must have it in our mind that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Once we have that in our mind, especially those of us that have various challenges, it might not, because we are all doing the work of ministry, building the house of God, doing everything, there will be challenges. But in all these challenges, the Lord will make us overcomers in Jesus' name. Trying to be careful not to neglect this matter. Why let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interest? As soon as the copy of the letter of the king at Exodus was read to Rehum and Shimshel, the secretary and the associates, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to what? To stop. Enemy wants to stop you serving God. But guess what? Thus the work of the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Yes, okay, it's nine. Because I just, let me quickly read my notes and then later that the, the next time we don't go to that. Opposition on the rebuilding. When the enemies of the Jews heard about the rebuilding project, I want us to follow my note, they tried to stop the work of the temple. They pretend to be part of them and they lie to serve the same God with them. Although they also serve their own God. But the Jews and their leaders refused their offer. This you can see in the chapter 4, 4 to 5. So when the enemy is coming like that, we must be wise so that we can be able to refuse such offer in order not to delay the work of God. Amen. There is always opposition from the enemy when we choose or chose to do God's work. We must not compromise but continue to work until we see God being glorified in all we do. We must be very careful of those who claim to love the Lord but their heart is far away from Him. Lest they lead us into many troubles. And that is what you see in that beginning of the chapter. 4 verse 3, the leaders, that is Zerubbabel, Joshua and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel, their answer was, you have no part with us in building the house of God. We only will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, making reference to the person that actually led them to building, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. And that you can see in the book of Ezra chapter 1. 1 to 4, compared to chapter 4, verse 3. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10. Nehemiah uh, chapter 2, 19 to 20. Then you can see Nehemiah chapter 6 as well. Reference to the king's report in Nehemiah's time. That's what I've written here. Nehemiah 2, 7, 10. You know, when he was to go and rebuild the, the walls, he took permission from the king. And the king gave him all rights and all the letters that he needed to face all this accusation. But adventure, you are going through challenges or anything, we have the right to go to the heavenlies. Amen? And then you'll be able to give us release to overcome all our enemies. Chapter 6, 1 to 4, favorite scripture, I'm doing a great job here. I cannot come down. Accusation as the temple is being rebuilt. In the midst of this opposition, 
the work of, on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Dairos, king of Persia. Chapter 4, verse 24. I rest my case here, but there are sometimes when we go through opposition and problems, they can make the work of God to come still. So, the Lord will take us through them in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. You know, before we bring this minute to an end, I want to tell, give you hints, those of you who are here tonight. I'm going to test uh, all the ordained leaders and workers, I told you yesterday. And your test will be next week. And your test will be, you are going to do a comparative studies of Nehemiah uh, and Ezra up to date. But let me give you some hints. Are you not amazed that God commanded them to build and God stared the heart of the king from Nehemiah? The same thing with Ezra. And when they were building the temple, the power of God came down mightily to the place where people were crying. Those who are the old folks seeing the restoration of the church as it was in the beginning. This is what God is doing with us. And are you not amazed that in the midst of it, some people went and they paid, they hired paid men to, to hinder them, which happened to us in this building. Okay, went to the government, hired paid men to stop us. And those who are supposed to be part of God's people also opposed them. Now, I want to say, I'm saying that because I want to show you something about you. But are you not amazed that they went to the king and they got a stop order? And God didn't stop that king from giving them a stop order to delay the work of God. But when you come in next week, I want to read ahead the next chapter. You will see how God solved that problem. God solved the issue. Now, this is the type of your life and my life. Any time in your life that God moves you forward, expect an opposition. Any time. The opposition is the evidence that you are in the will of God. Many times people will give up. You know, God gave you an inspiration to start a business. You did everything to start the moment you started. In a short time, you discover you don't have money to even run it. That's why you should remain in that business. You cannot quit. Because God will allow that time. It's a time God wanted to test the faith of man. So that God will be justified when he blesses that man. Because despite the fact that everything is cut off, everything, discouragement, you know, prevailed. Opposition overtook you. Yet, you have faith in God. Isn't it? So, don't allow those who oppose you when you are in the right line of what God is saying to you. Don't let their opposition intimidate you or stop you from what God wants to do in your life. He who endures to the end. And let me say this to you. One day, while we were in the ordeal of this building, I invited the pastors from this region, uh, Greenwich, to come in and you know, their pastor's meeting, they moved it here. When we came in here, and, you know, some pastors were happy, and they were praying that, you know, apostle, don't worry, God has given us this, and everything will work well, we are praying for you, and, you know, and we ate. One pastor came to me and said that, don't you think that all this opposition, God is telling you that it's not his will for you to have this building? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he told me and I said to him that but the chairman just told me that um, 
God had confirmed to him that we will overcome the opposition. And this other pastor has just told me they are praying for us. I said, so sorry. You will see us occupy the building. You may not have part in it. I told him straight away. If I was not a strong believer, people like that would discourage me. And I would have come to you and said, please, let's give up and stuff like that. You must know your God. Whenever you make a move into the next dimension of God, don't expect any help. Expect strong opposition. And it is a strong opposition that will bring the help for you eventually. They will get it now. You will succeed. Amen. Let's pray for one another. Shall we stand up together? We're going to pray that God will give us the resilience to complete what he has assigned us, which we have started. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? We pray for strength. The Bible says, he that began the good work in you will complete it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, help us. Tell the Lord to help you. That the good work you have begun in me, enable me to complete it. That the enemy would not be able to hinder me. Tell God, help me to see success in the midst of failure. Help me to see light in the midst of darkness. Help me to see triumph in the midst of defeat. Father, open my understanding to your eyes. That I will see by the eyes of God. I will know by the mind of God. That he who began the good work in me will complete it. We pray for every member of this household. Give us the resilience that will not let you down. The power to face every opposition and overcome every opposition. Father, we bless and glorify your holy name now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Our God and King, we thank you so much for the way you are teaching us in this house. What a wonderful God you are. From these studies that we have read, we know that when you design a plan and you move your people, we know hell breaks loose. Satan wants your people to be, you know, where he wants them to be. He doesn't want them to move and take the step in line with your will and purpose so that they could be glorified and the glory will come to you. We pray for everyone among us that is going through this opposition time now. That help will come for them from above. In this week, before Sunday, they will testify. Even all our members that are not here and those who are watching us all over the world, our members in, in, in um, the United States, in, in Germany, who turn uh, into this program. Whatever opposition that stands before your church, and your people, before our children, our fathers, our mothers, our family. Today, you who delivered Nehemiah from Shambhalas and Tobias and overcame this opposition before Zerubbabel and Yeshua, we ask that you rise up tonight and you will oppose those who oppose us. You will bring their counsel to foolishness. And you bring their actions to naught. You will turn the enemy they sent to us. You will turn those enemies around to support us. Amen. Every human agent assigned to oppose us, they will become a footstool. Before them, your glory shall be made known among us. 
So shall it be, and so it is. As we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. In the year 1999, Apostle Alfred Williams was taken to heaven and shown what would occur up until 2015. When asked what would happen after this, the Lord answered powerfully, Behold, I am coming soon. Join Apostle Alfred Williams at the immense 3,000-seater Christ-paved Tabernacle Cathedral, Woolwich, London, in 2015, the year of God's glory. The Lord spoke to me concerning this new year. And he said to me, this year shall be the year that the glory of God shall alight upon the righteous. The glory will be so manifest in the midst of shaking that is coming upon the world. I want to encourage everyone in the house here, through your lifestyle. People are watching you, marking what you do, hearing the things that you say. Let them see Jesus shine through your life like never before. The apostle was shown from January to June the nations will be shaken. From July to October the nations will call convocations because of these global events. And then from October onwards, we will see the divine intervention of God on the world. Are you ready for the season of the Lord's return? Of course, the Lord will shake the heavens and the earth. And the desire of all nations will soon visit the earth. We look forward to welcoming you to our beautiful cathedral, Ebenezer Building. This stunning 3,000-seater Gothic masterpiece is a place where you will be inspired, empowered, prepared and favoured in this year of God's glory. For further information on our incredible Venue for Hire packages, contact us now. Come to the CFT Cathedral in 2015, the year of God's glory. 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE 18, 6NL. Visit cftchurches.org, call 020-8316-2332. Also over the last 25 years, Christ Faith Tabernacles expanded across the globe. You can now join us for the explosions that are happening in our satellite churches. Berlin, Germany, Ennis Island, Dublin Island, Limerick Island, Bristol, UK, Birmingham, UK, Chandigarh, India, Mararaba, Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria and Abuja, Nigeria. Come to the CFT Cathedral in 2015, the year of God's glory. 